Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here on 700 WLW in the waning days of March, we march right on through this evening. Xavier has won their game tonight, which means they are now in the championship game of the NIT. Usually called the not important tournament, but of course the National Invitational Tournament is its name. And Xavier will now fight for the chance to say proudly that at the end of this college basketball season, they are number 69 in the nation. Now, I don't want to downplay this this particular turn of events because it has been obviously a very tumultuous season for the Musketeers. Uh, we've seen a coaching change at the end of the season, which was uh, desperately needed. I think any Xavier basketball fan would tell you the departure of Travis Steele and the reintroduction of Sean Miller as the new head coach. He's back on Victory Parkway. Well, let's see what the Musketeers do with their opportunity. And uh, kind of relating to that, if we have time tonight, a discussion with uh, an NIT champion, a guy I know well. He's an administrator. He's a principal at Grant County High School in Kentucky. But he was a member of the 1990 Vanderbilt basketball squad that did, in fact, go to New York City to Madison Square Garden and played in front of more than 14,000 people in the great Mecca of the Big Apple for the NIT crown. His name is Scott Droud. He's been a friend of mine, and I've been a fan of his for a long, long time. If we have time tonight, we'll have Scott Droud with us tonight to talk about the experience of being an NIT champion and what that could mean for the Musketeers going forward. Because, of course, the year after Vanderbilt won the NIT championship... They finished in the Sweet 16 of the NCAAs. To talk about that and more, hopefully we'll have time. Cross your fingers for Scott Droud, the greatest three-point shooter I ever saw play in college basketball. And he got in right at the right time because the three-point shot had just been reinstituted or been instituted for the first time in college hoops, and he took uh, advantage of that. One of the greatest pure shooters I ever saw play basketball, Scott Droud. On what the NIT meant to that Vanderbilt squad and what it could mean for Xavier going forward, especially with Sean Miller returning. Hopefully have Andy Furman before the show is done tonight. And even more so, Karen Candeline, Lowell Ponte, possibly Raymond Arroyo from EWTN, who's going to be in town this coming Saturday for the Cincinnati Men's Conference, which is being held at Fifth Third Arena. It is a Catholic event, a, a Christian event, and it's an event that illustrates the importance of men in our society. And it's about damn time that somebody reemphasized the importance of the man, the patriarch in American society, and how important that man's role is. 
course, it's been lessened by all these cultural warriors who want to bring about social justice and tell you that toxic masculinity is a bad thing. Uh, all kinds of stuff planned for this nightcap, and we'll get to it in just a moment after this as we continue on 700 WLW. It's Mike McConnell here, and to be honest, I bust my tail every single morning to make sure you get the best possible program. So on the rare occasion when you might miss part of my show, it makes me a little sad. It brings me down. But then I turn it around because I realize you can listen to any part of my show whenever you want on the iHeartRadio app. Check it out for yourself. Mike McConnell Podcast right there on the iHeartRadio app. Genesis Diamond's spectacular spring extravaganza is coming April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Three incredible days of store-wide. And I guess there's time to talk about this a little bit on the heels of Xavier being in the semifinal game of the NIT, or what we used to call as fans, kind of cynically, the not important tournament. I have a not important tournament champion on the line. We've talked to him before. He is the principal at Grant County High School in Kentucky. Uh, an administrator for sure, an education guy. He comes by it naturally. His dad, John Droud, uh, for years, uh, a superintendent of schools and then up into the higher echelons in public education in the state of Kentucky. Uh, Scott Droud, the most incredible three-point pure shooter I ever saw play in college basketball, and at the time I watched a bunch of it. As I mentioned, Scott, you came in at the right time, the right place, with the institution, the reinstitution or the institution of the three-point field goal in college basketball because you could shoot from the outside, man. I, I call this dude shooter. And I remember coming back to the airport in Nashville after you guys had won the NIT championship. And I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I didn't care that it wasn't the NCAAs. I didn't care that you were number 65 in the nation, <laughs> according to all the record keepers and statisticians. But it was a major stepping stone to what followed the next season. And I think that's important, and I think that's instructive for any Xavier fan listening tonight, thinking, oh, well, yeah, we, we, we got into the NIT and got it this far, but, I mean, what does it really mean? It can mean a lot, especially with Sean Miller coming back. Just your thoughts on what it meant to that particular vas basketball squad at Vanderbilt winning the NIT. What did it mean for you guys, Scott? Yeah, hey, Jeff, how are you? Always I'm good. good to, to yeah, so you're right. So no one sets their, their goals out at, at the beginning of the year to, to make the NIT. However, you know, if the NIT is where you ultimately end up, then – you might as well do your very best. Yeah, make the it. most and of that, it. Absolutely. So you might as well go on and win the daggone thing, right? And um, but you're right. It does. It does prove to be somewhat of a catalyst for the year that that follows. Like for instance, my years at Vandy, we actually played in three NCAA tournaments in '88, '89, and then again in '91. But but I'm convinced that if we had not won the NIT in '90, that our track uh, towards uh, regaining another. The NCAA bid in 91, the year we lost at Georgetown, when they had Alonzo Manning and the Tumbo oh, Kimba and those guys, that we, that, that we would have never made that, you know, had we not have won the NIT in 1990. And let's face it, I mean, you know, again, the NIT semifinals is not where Xavier wants to be. It's not where they're used to be, that's for sure. But uh, Madison Square Garden is, is certainly a neat place to play. It's an historic venue. 
and I'm sure that those kids up there are getting a good experience from from the whole you know endeavor. What was the difference between playing for CM Newton and playing then for Eddie Fogler in his first year going to the NIT? What what were the the coaching style differences of the two? I mean, CM Newton was the old hand. And uh, he had, obviously, an inevitable style that translated to all kinds of things, including to being uh, the athletic director at Kentucky after he left Vandy. But uh, Eddie Fogler, kind of an upstart coach. Uh, What were the style differences between CM and Eddie, since you played for them both? Yeah, it's always interesting to compare coaches, for sure, especially guys who are established and and at the end of their careers, and they're not feeling as much pressure to win, and for the younger guys who are just coming up and uh, and trying to to get um, you know a first big contract or even a second big contract, there's just a lot more pressure on younger coaches to do well, and I think that the players certainly feel that. Um, you know, no one wants to go through a coaching change, especially if things are pretty good for you in the current system. Now, some people will want the coaching change if things aren't good for them in the current system, and perhaps you know there are players on Xavier's teams that have experienced a little bit of that of both, you know, in terms of not wanting to see uh, Travis go and then some wanting to see him go. So it's kind of interesting to, to kind of see where players will fall in, into that spectrum. But but certainly the difference between Eddie and, and CM were, were great because one was older and established and the other was younger, a lot hungrier. And quite honestly, we felt a lot more pressure to win under him than we ever did with uh, with CM. Right. What What was your key to becoming such a great outside shooter? Was it just practice? Did you have a certain edge over other people, Scott, when you were coming up? I remember hearing stories about you playing high school ball in northern Kentucky. And the guy who was telling me the story about watching Scott Droud play basketball before you got to Vandy, he said, my brother was out there on him at like 20 feet. And he, he just stepped back a foot and he sunk it. So my brother guarded him at 22 feet. And Scott Trout just stepped back another foot and nailed it. I say, well, let's go to 25 feet. And it didn't friggin' matter because Scott Trout was going to hit that shot. And you hit so many important shots. And you were the MVP of the NIT the year you guys won. Um, But what was the key to, to learning to be such a prolific score outside shooter? I mean, you, you were a scorer. But the key for you was, you know, being a member of that bomb squad and being able to hit them from the outside. What was what was the key for Scott Drought in, in learning how to uh, how how to navigate that territory? Well, I guess first with any with any shooter, first it's just a matter of of practicing the the correct model, you know, getting your form down, making sure your form is correct, and then having a routine where you just practice, 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 and then just become so good at that with the muscle memory that, you know, once you get into a game that it's, it, you just let your natural instincts take over. But there was certainly a lot of practice. I had a routine, uh, you know, outside of normal practice where I would try to make 500 jumpers and a hundred free throws. And I would try to do that uh, again, either first thing in the morning or even after practice. And that continued most of the season as well. So it was just a, it was just a long kind of arduous routine that really kind of focused just on a lot of makes, but a lot of repetition and a lot of, uh, of practicing the, the, the perfect model. Um, you know, and, and quite honestly, though, uh, like I did not have the, uh, the, the three-point line in high school. In the first year of, of the three-point line, I had my freshman year in college. That so would have been in, in like the fall of, uh, 
like 1986 and then turn into the 1987 season. So the game has evolved a lot over the years. There were a lot of great players back in the 80s and before that who who didn't have the benefit of the three-point line. And um, and certainly, you know, a lot of players that would have made uh, a difference in their college career had they would have had the line, like I was fortunate enough to have for at least, uh, you know, my four years in college. Yeah. Well, it's it's fantastic to get a chance again to talk to you on the air. Uh, we do it occasionally whenever we can find the time because it's always a joy to talk to you. And I've been I've been a Scott Droud fan, obviously, for, you know, over 30 years. So it's... Uh, Always oh, kind of a neat experience for me. This is like uh, I don't need an autograph. I got Scott Droud's number. <laughs> oh, and hey, Gary Jeff, I, I, I can't remember or I can't uh, believe that you remember the Bomb Squad uh, because there were a bunch of guys on that team who could shoot. Certainly, Barry Booker, Barry Goheen, Derek Wilcox, Charles Mays. I mean, we were all hovering anywhere between. 45% and, and 50% from the three-point line. Uh, I, as, I, guys. as I remember it, Scott, yep. you finished your college career as the leading three-point field goal percentage shooter in NCAA history at the time. You were over 50% for your career. That's amazing. Because you, well, you, no, you look at the NCAA tournament today, Scott, and you know what? A great three-point shooter is somebody who's clipping at 40%. Yeah. Well, times have changed for sure. And uh, I, I can remember this. Um, we weren't allowed to shoot it nearly as much back then. I mean, for instance, it, it had a touch of post players' hands first in the paint. And typically all three-point shots were kind of derived from touch of Will Purdue's hands first. So it had to go from, you know, inside out. We, we weren't allowed to shoot it in transition. We weren't allowed to shoot it on the break. We, you know, we, we had to go through the offense. And maybe the better shot selection had a little bit to do with that as well. Sure. Back into the nightcap. Glad you could join us this evening on 700 WLW after Xavier's NIT game. Gary the Jeff back with you. And Andy the Furman joins us for this half hour of what Rush Limbaugh used to call broadcast excellence. Let's see if we mess you up. And, Andy, I, before we start tonight, Furball, I want to ask you if it's true that if you've been setting new lap records in your pool because you've identified yourself as Andrea Furman and you're, you're constantly beating your wife with, uh, with laps in the pool there at the Furman household. Is that correct? You're out of your mind. First of all, the pool is still covered. We haven't uncovered it yet for the winter. And right now it's probably icicles there, but... Uh, you know, I will be doing my laps when the pool is open because I find that not only relaxing but great to tone up the muscles. But and will you be a, will you be you identifying as a man, which you are, a biological male, or will you be identifying as a female so your your times look better? <laughs> it depends who's coming over the house as company. Right. That's, that's what some days I might be. It depends how I feel and what mood I'm in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have the the, the opportunity to uh, go one way or the other. You know? So you can I just switch. You can just switch what you can just switch what nature is giving giving you on a whim of how you feel that no day. No doubt, I could wear a bikini or I could wear a one piece little speedo. That is such a pile of male bovine fecal samples, and you know it. 
I don't know why you're even going there, really, because I think the whole situation with that is ridiculous, especially what's happened at the University of Pennsylvania. It's yeah. a joke. And, and certainly, I don't want anybody to think that I'm against trends. It has you nothing know, to do with do that. Do. It has nothing to I, do I, with doesn't. whether you're, you're... But if you say if you say you're against what's going on athletically, people take it that you're against trends. And I'm not. You know, but let them compete against themselves. What's, right? what's the new Nike commercial about women and anything is possible, including being a trans performer. Well, then you're not a woman if you're a trans. If you're a biological male, you're not a woman. I, geez, it just drives me nuts. We go. Wouldn't you like to find out where this started and who was the originator of this? I yes. Mean, who, who, who thinks of this stuff? I mean, have you? Would you even have the time, effort, or energy to even think of something like this? Keep in mind, coaches right now must be going nuts. If you're coaching athletics, you know what? You know you. Have, I you get. Have, I get so crazy. I get so upset about this because it it makes zero sense. Logic and science have nothing to do with it. It makes me so upset. I want to fly to Los Angeles and slap Chris Rock right in the face. <laughs> Listen to you. Have you ever been slapped in the face before? Oh, absolutely. Has anybody ever slapped you? Absolutely. Really? Oh yeah. Really? Well, you obviously. You obviously you're didn't. Such a good nature guy. You obviously didn't uh, didn't explore this, and I find this hard to believe about you, Andy Furman. You didn't explore the possibilities as a young, up and coming, uh, whatever you were doing, a sports writer or a, a broadcast uh, pioneer, because uh -huh. you, you were on the air back when there were covered wagons and stuff. But as a <laughs> as a broadcaster, a sports person, I used to do a duo with Marconi as a as say a, as say a twenty year old. You never tried the experiment in the bar where you just go up to random women and ask them if they'd like to come back to your room with you. And the thing is, no, I no, I, no and what I happens do. nine out of ten times you get slapped in the face, but it's that one out of ten times you get lucky. Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> I've never been slapped, and that was not my line. My line was this. Say, hi, how are you? Good. You know what looks good on you? What? Me. And And did that get you slapped in the face? No, I've it never should been have. slapped. Really, it should have. Sometimes they they look at you. They they give you credit for the for the gutsiness, but then most of the time they walk away. Sometimes they continue the conversation or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I just it, I, I was never that bold to be honest. Really, sometimes you send a drink over to someone. Maybe that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, kind of incognito. There's a low. But you don't get slapped. There's a yeah. There's a low level of uh, rejection there. You may not uh, hit pay dirt, but you know you're not going to get slapped, like you said. So, I've been rejected all my life. Let's talk. I mean, really. Let's talk about uh, the NCAA tournament. What happened over the weekend? I know we're a couple of days removed, but I don't care. I haven't talked to you about it yet. So how did right. you how did you feel I, about I was, the Elite uh, Eight? Well, I, I was upset that St. Peter's lost. I was I didn't think they beat North Carolina, but I was hoping. You never know. I was hoping because I honestly think that the, the entire country was ready for St. Peter's. Don't you? Don't you think? I mean, I, I they wasn't. talk about blue blood school. You weren't. Why not? No, because oh, they play Vanderbilt. No, they no, play Vanderbilt. No, 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 no. I, I, no. Xavier played Vanderbilt or some right and and beat them. So that that's over with. But anyway, right. I wasn't for St. Peter's. Really, from a basketball and Cinderella standpoint, absolutely, I rooted for St. Peter's just because it's great to see a 15 seed for the first time in the uh, Elite Eight, as they were. Right. So they already made right. history. I, I had a problem with St. Peter's because of the, what I call, hypercritical, uh, hypocritical presentation uh, of them as a, a team 
with the Black Lives Matter warm-ups on, and you've got Black Lives Matter on the front of your shirt, and on the back of your warm-up, you've got racism with an X through it. Isn't the term Black Lives Matter inherently racist in and of itself? Just you, like You know what? I, I, I saw that. And I was very surprised. I'm surprised the NCAA would permit them to do that on that stage. But sometimes, and I've learned, Gary, Jeff, I really have, I just separate that from the sport. It's hard to. I know it is. It really yeah. is. And it's turned a lot of people off, especially in the National Football League. It's turned a lot of people off. I just, I would think the NCAA would be smarter than that because certainly there's a message and people have that message. But I don't think the people who are broadcasting that message certainly really know the wherewithal of the message. Don't you agree with that? I don't think they entirely know the truth behind that message. Right, and and it seems simple enough, and I, I would have no disagreement, and I have never had a disagreement with the phrase Black Lives Matter because I believe that all lives matter. I believe that white lives matter. I believe that police lives matter. I think that all human life matters. You can't argue with that statement. The last person who said all lives matter was a broadcaster for the Sacramento Kings, and he got fired. Well, so and, and that's no. I'm I'm I've said this all along through it, and they haven't decided to uh, throw me away yet, Andy. So, uh, I'm not worried about being canceled for saying that. I just say it's a matter of fact. If you believe that, if you believe that human life matters, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. That it's I agree. it's okay. what the, the phrase "Black Lives Matter" though originates from an organization that was founded by Marxist. And and trans people, and that's a fact. There's no doubt about that. Well, I will they, say this. They were very I, clear I on their original I, I BLM website. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, right. And I certainly agree with you. And certainly I, I don't agree with you on much, but I'm agreeing with you here. But I, I have a problem with using the stage of sports and athletics to broadcast political wishes. I agree. That's my problem. No, I, no I don't mind if a basketball team has a sponsor like Gillette or, or a, a candy bar, whatever it may be, and I put that on your uniform or on your jersey, whatever it might be. That's okay. I don't mind that. But politically – Stay away. There should be a division between politics and sports because I, do, I always believe that sports is a getaway. It, it's a place for several hours where people can escape, just forget about their problems, right, and just enjoy yourself, be entertained. Yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you once again, and this means that we have to take a break because I've got to reassess my entire value system now that we've agreed with each other, Andy. It just it doesn't, oh, wow. it doesn't really? sit well with me. It really doesn't. I hear you. So, so hang on a second, and we'll, when we come back, we'll disagree about something, okay? <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll let you pick the topic, because usually when you have a take, I just look at you 
like a, an aborigine looking at a satellite dish. Uh, Andy oh, Furman, the Furball, our guest tonight on the Nightcap on 700 WLW. Hey, kids, listen up. Time for another story from Uncle Willie's big book of great Americans. Today, John McClain. It seems like an average bald dude. But when bad guys storm Nakatoma Plaza and try to ruin Christmas, John McClain opens up a can of butt kick and he kicks butt. He wiped out those thugs and saved Christmas. He did it again in four other movies because terrorists are stupid. That's why John McClain, just like me, is a great American with vengeance. You can be a great American, too. Listen to Bill Cunningham tomorrow at 12 noon on 700 WLW. I'm Dr. James Wright at Wright Dental Center, Cincinnati, and Cold Spring. At Wright Dental, you get the best methods in modern dentistry. Wright Dental is entirely for our patients. It's little things like noise-canceling Bose headphones and caring staff and big things like sedation dentistry, allowing substantial restoration or cosmetic procedures to be completed in a single visit and hometown pricing on world-class cosmetic dentistry. Smile like you just don't care because you don't. Wright Dental. WrightDentalCenter.com. That's W-R-I-G-H-T DentalCenter.com. Right now, many Americans who have received both of their initial COVID-19 vaccinations are wondering if they... WLW, Gary the Jeff with Andy the Furman. And you wanted to mention the, the Will Smith slapping Chris Rock thing that happened at the Oscars that nobody watching American television actually saw because NBC cut it out or whoever the network was. But uh, the rest of the world saw it, and then we all saw it the next day in social was it, media. Was it on... Was on it was on uh, ABC. ABC, whatever. They they cut it out for American broadcast. And the rest of the world that right. was watching got to see it. And then, of course, we all got to see it after the fact. Number one, what'd you make of that, Andy? Well, look, we're now two days after that Will Smith slapping Chris Rock in the face at the Oscars. And now we have a fellow by the name of Jake Paul. He's offering Will Smith and Chris Rock $15 million to fight each other, to settle it in the ring. Fifteen million a piece. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen million a piece. Thirty million total, and it's great because now we've taken it to the next level. But you know what? I will tell you this: I'm not a big fan of Stephen A. Smith. I'm really not. I, I think he's a gas gas bag, a blowhard. My wife, God bless her, she's she's on TikTok all the time, and she sent me a take from Stephen A. yesterday, and he was right on. He was right. I said it was disgusting. It was disgusting what Will Smith did, and honestly. They never should have let him go back up to accept his Oscar at the end of the evening. He probably should have been arrested. Think about it. Well, really? you know, this 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 nonsense all started a few years back at the Grammy Awards when, when Kanye West went up and took the Grammy away from Taylor Swift in the middle of the broadcast because he felt like he earned it. Where where is security at in all these things? You know, no one, no one's, no they, one asked that question. They keep, where is security? they keep, they keep the little people out, but the celebrities can do whatever the hell they want. Apparently, during an awards broadcast, I think it was disgusting what Will Smith did. I really do. I, I think kudos for Chris Rock for just kind of taking the, uh, the the high road, really. And the funny thing is, like. He took that punch. He took that slap. Didn't seem to affect him. He stayed on his feet. Didn't knock him over. Really, think about it. Well, you know, he took you, a good hit. You think about the physicality of the two men in question. And you think Will Smith, you know, here he is. He's he's much bigger. He has a lot more reach than Chris Rock. Chris Rock's just a little, you know, pant load of a comedian. And he had the right to make jokes because that's what comedians do. Uh, but, you know, you figure Will Smith, he really intended to lay a hurting on Chris Rock should have laid him out. 
I mean, that was a weak, weak slap, I thought. Yeah, and he walked away kind of grinning when I saw that. I watched it several times. You know, but honestly, what if Rock was hosting the, the Oscars? What if The Rock was hosting? Do you think that Will no, Smith would come no. up there and slap Rock in the face? Think about that. No, Dwayne Johnson would be hosting the Oscars. Will Smith would have gotten about five seats away from oh, his... Oh, he'd be in the hospital today. He, no, he, he, got, he, about, he got about five steps out of his seat and just shook his head and sat back down, and then Jada Pickett-Smith would have beat him up when he got home. That's what would have happened. Right, if, he, if he's having, he would be having his next meal out of a straw. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I just, I don't understand. I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, like talk about society where it's gone now. People, I mean, you, these are people that honestly other people, youngsters, look up to. You know, what kind of an example is this? That's all I'm saying. I mean, have we come to this, as society come to this where you could just get up out of your seat and slap somebody like that during a performance? I don't know. What's going to be next? I'm going to go to the R&R Theater downtown Cincinnati and, and see someone get out of their chair and get on the stage? It, it was a, but let's, let's, go right? back to, let's go back to my point, Andy Furman. It was a really, really weak shot. I mean, you figure Will, oh, Will Smith yeah. could have packed a, a bigger punch if he was serious about it. That was just a show, a virtue-signaling show for his wife and anybody else who cared. Besides, there were only about five people watching the whole damn thing anyway around the country. So. Yeah, it's funny. They said that the, uh, the audience was a higher rating than a year ago. It was like, oh, 56%. Well, no one watched it last year. I know. You know, know. so obviously exactly. it went up. It's, it still was a weak audience. It, it's a drawn-out, boring, long affair. That's basically what it is. Once again, I agree with you. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the <laughs> let's talk about the young talent that the Reds have since there's no other talent left besides Joey. You know, Votto. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad, let's talk. I don't even want to mention the names of the Reds. I want to talk the Reds in general. Bob Castellini is being dragged into the mud. The season hasn't started. Yet. They're killing him. Media's killing him. Fans are killing him. Talk show hosts are killing this guy. Not me. The season hasn't started yet. And here's my take on this whole situation. I'm thinking of maybe writing an op-ed piece in the Inquirer about this. I really am. I'm not great friends with Bob Castellini. As a matter of fact, he probably doesn't even like me, really. Uh, you know, he probably couldn't pick me out in the lineup. He probably doesn't remember me. But I will say this. When it comes to baseball, you know, everybody's a, an expert here. They think. But let's remember one thing. Kids love baseball. They play it at a young age. They play Little League Baseball, whatever it may be. Any kid from the age of 8 to maybe 14 would kill to go see the Reds play, and their eyes would light up when they get to see the field. That's just the way it is. No and they'll be tugging on their mama and papa's shirt strings to say, give me a ticket, take me to the game. So the audience that's really bitching and mourning and crying, Bob Castellini shouldn't worry about that. You know, he's going to be developing a new young audience. These kids love baseball, and they love going to the games. Forget about the old farts. Forget about those guys, Bob. You don't worry about those people. You know, they're cranky and they're ornery. And you know what? They're still going to go to the game. You know why? They have nothing else to do. That's the problem. Well, you know, and you got to start at some point thinking about the future, not not as a rebuilding effort, but just the future in general. I mean, Jonathan India, they still have Tyler Stevenson on the roster, who's, you know, a, a fantastic Major League Baseball catcher and can be. They've got great prospects. They've got Hunter Green who has now, you know, been pitching uh, in spring training, whether he makes it to the Major League Club or not is another question entirely this season. But they have Joey Votto, and they have a number of good pieces still, exciting players, and let's see how it plays out. 
No doubt. I'm not going to tell you sitting here right now about a week or 10, 12 days before opening day that they're basically going to win the pennant, that they're basically going to win the World Series, they're going to go to the playoffs. I'm not going to say that because I don't know. But either does anybody else. So just take a breath, put the brakes on, and just enjoy it. And it's still great to go out there under the sunlight to watch a baseball game. Okay? Now, I've got to leave you with this, if All I right. may. All okay? Right. And it's not good news. It's sad news, and I hate saying this, but it's in my heart, and I have to pass it along to you. Tom Browning just lost his wife, Deborah Lee, Debbie Browning. She passed away the other day. Funeral service will be at St. Pius Church in Edgewood, Edgewood, Kentucky. Visitation, 4 to 645. That's tomorrow, the 30th of March. Mass is 7 o'clock. So I just want everybody to know, keep the bulldog and his family in your thoughts and prayers during this difficult time. And honestly, Tom Browning was supposed to be our guest speaker last month at the Northern Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame, and he couldn't make it. Why? He had some toes removed. Oh, jeez. So he's going through some tough times, and he's a hell of a guy. I love Tom Browning. I've always respected him. He's a good guy, he's an upfront kind of guy. So think of Tom Browning if you can. Andy Furman with us, and much more than Nightcap just ahead on 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW. Cincinnati. So could Ohio's redistricting commission make things happen on their fourth try? Uh, This is the 1030 Report. I'm Rob Carpenter, breaking now. They hired independent map makers who worked for days in the public eye. And in the end, majority Republicans on the Ohio Redistricting Commission passed new state legislative maps that were slightly tweaked versions of the third attempt that the state Supreme Court has already shot down. Democrats are accusing Republicans of continuing to hijack the process and put pressure on a federal court to force the state to adopt previously rejected maps because time is short. Ohio's May 3rd primary already will not have races for state House and Senate. The Ohio Supreme Court has ruled three times so far that previous maps attempts unconstitutionally favored the majority GOP. I'm Jack Crumley, News Radio 700 WLW. Well, I shouldn't say no, but uh, you kind of know the ending of this story or that story three previous times. Latest traffic and weather together and no major delays or accidents tonight on Tri-State Freeways. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. Clouds right into daybreak. We'll see a morning temperature of 49 at 7 a.m. Now our Wednesday is going to be cloudy and windy and warm. I have a 77 as a high, but gusts hit 50 miles an hour in some spots in the afternoon and evening. Going into late night, we're talking about rain and storms developing and 52. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning, Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh, News Radio 700 WLW. And with the wind and an advisory tomorrow from noon until 6 a.m. Thursday. So wind advisory tomorrow from noon until 6 a.m. on Thursday. Currently 44 degrees. Coney Island Park planning to open for the 2022 season during Memorial Day weekend as the opening day will be Saturday, May 28th. Preparing for the upcoming season, Coney Island hiring for all positions, offering flexible hours, one free meal per shift, and free admission to Sunlight Water Adventure Park throughout the summer. People can apply at ConeyIslandPark.com with tickets and season passes also available for purchase. I'm Sean Gallagher, News Radio 700, WLW. From-
ABC News, Wall Street now stocks rose as talks to end the war in Ukraine show signs of progress. The Dow jumped 338 points, the Nasdaq closed up 265, and the S&P added 56 for the day. Investors were encouraged by the first face-to-face talks between diplomats from Russia and Ukraine in two weeks. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has been unsettling to markets around the world, adding to lingering concerns about rising inflation and global economic growth. Consumer confidence bounced back a bit in March. The conference board's index rose to 107.2 from 105.7 in February. The longer-term six-month outlook fell from 80.8 in January to 76.6 last month, a sign that consumers may be worried about what's to come. Job openings stayed at a near record level in February. The Labor Department says there were 11.3 million available jobs, basically the same as the month before. Daria Albinger, ABC News. And I'm Rob Carpenter. Your next update at 11 o'clock. Breaking news anytime. News Radio 700 WLW. A new season of Reds baseball is here and single cap on 700 WLW. Pleased to have a friend, a guest we've not had on in quite a while. It's because uh, he decided for a few months that he just simply didn't like talking to me anymore, but we've we've repaired those Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill (laughs) those fishers so now he's back on board for a few minutes with gary jeff the one and only forensic psychologist based in austin texas and a fan favorite dr john huber how are you doing johnny well well, I'm amazing, and I thought you were the one who didn't want to talk to me anymore. I, I love talking. And you see, that's that, that perfect. You you sound like a Democrat blaming me for what you were doing. I appreciate that. <laughs> so first and foremost. Well, you know, that, that, that sounds like a millennial to me. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, so, <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let's start with uh, your pet project, which has become your life's work at this point, TripSitter.Clinic. Now in uh, 42 states around the country, it's a and it's really a global push to uh, to help people with their anxiety and their chronic pain and their PTSD and addictions and all of that. Tripsitter Clinic. Where do we stand at this point, Doctor Huber? Well, you know we we are looking at a lot of changes coming over the next month. Um, you know we're bringing out uh, our our updated website on the fourth of April. So just uh, a, a week from yesterday. Yeah. Um, and uh, within the following month after that, we're going to have our own proprietary app that uh, is for your cell phone. And it includes, you know, a lot of amazing things that I can't 
talk to until we actually release them at that, this point. Okay. Um, but And that but has the, to do with the fact that we're publicly traded now. I have to, I have to kind of hold things in, which is, you know me, I just want to have that verbal diary and just get everything out. <laughs> well, and, explain uh, for people, it's, it's been a while since we talked about this. Explain to people who've never heard about TripSitter.Clinic, Dr. Huber, what you guys are doing overall, what you're doing, and what the, what well, the mission what we're is. Doing is we're, Right, and, and, and what we're doing is we're taking a, uh, a medication that is called a dissociative anesthetic, and it's been in the medicine world since 1970, and in fact, it occurs naturally in at least one species of squid and a couple of species of mushrooms uh, that also produce psilocybin. Uh, so psychedelic mushrooms, there's a couple of species of those that produce ketamine as well. So as much as we go back and look at the history and see how we originally found it through regular you know, chemistry in, in laboratories, it is a naturally occurring substance I found out over the last month, actually. Oh, um, so, so cool. So, so, so it's amazing. I, I, yeah. Ket ketamine is out there, and, you know, and there's a big push now, and I think Colorado has already legalized it for, uh, you mentioned psilocybin, uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. And the... Yes, the quality is working on they they've made research legal for that. So, yeah, and yeah. the qualities that they possess when it comes to helping people through a uh, a psychedelic experience tackle problems that are way bigger than that. I mean, way bigger than this is not about getting a buzz. This is about real medical cures, psychological cures for problems that people have every day. And you you've cited in the past your work with veterans who have ptsd and the great great results you've gotten using ketamine with these people uh you've used it yourself for chronic pain and yes. uh, you know when you think about all of the issues that uh, our country has had and continues to have with opioids in treating chronic pain uh, versus this and and uh, also with anxiety people who've got uh, serious anxiety issues and ketamine has proven beneficial in many, many cases, correct? Absolutely. And, you know, the, the chronic pain thing has kind of hit home because, you know, after being hospitalized in the fall and uh, not, you know, basically coming out of the hospital and have, having to only be able to be in a wheelchair or a walker because I was so debilitated from that. Um, last week I started back to martial arts. And, man, you want to talk about chronic pain more than you want to talk about lighting a fire and all <laughs> man that that last week hurt a lot and i was glad to have, have and, the ketamine to be able to allow me to sleep at night yeah and, uh, i bet dr huber that was, I, that's something else we wanted to talk about real quickly if we can briefly boil it down for folks okay. you suffered uh you suffered from about with covid19 almost killed you and you're still coming out of it. And that's the people don't get. When I talk about the scamdemic, I don't mean that the virus isn't real and that it doesn't cause debilitating effects or sometimes death in certain people. Correct. But it's also not, if you get over it, you're not always over it. Not initially. And you've had a yeah. long, hard road coming back from COVID-19. Talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, and the biggest thing has been all the damage that's happened to my lungs, my respiratory system. You know, my the other organs, in fact, about five weeks ago, my doctor ran about every kind of blood test you can run to find out if, if my body was back to functioning normally. And, and for the most part, it is. Uh, you know, some things that were bad before I had it actually improved, uh, they didn't think 
would ever improve that I was just going to have to manage. Uh, and then they're back to normal. And then I, I've got a few other things I'm going to have to manage um, that, that are totally functional. I mean, I, I'm, I'm good to go. It's not going to keep me from, you know, riding a bicycle or, or traveling or anything else like that. But my lung capacity, my ability to exert energy and use oxygen um, is, is the hardest thing to regain because I, I lost all that. And, you know, when I first got out of the hospital, I, I still have my oxygen tank sitting right here in front of me. I've got an oxygen accumulator in my room so I can sleep with oxygen at night. And, uh, you know, I haven't needed to use those since January. But when I got out, I, I was attached to tanks and, and carrying oxygen with me everywhere I went, whether it was walking across the room or the dinner, going to dinner or getting in the car and going to follow up with my doctors. And, you know, this past week I went back to martial arts because, you know, I got to a point where I could walk, you know, just a normal, casual rate of, of walk. And I got up to two miles and my lung capacity kind of plateaued and it wasn't going any further. So I needed to push myself and exert more energy. And, you know, martial arts, uh, you know, is, is if you have a great or good instructor, they're going to part of what they're doing is making you self-aware of your body so that you know what your limitations are. I mean, there's, there's just some things in martial arts that aren't for everybody. I mean, you got to have a certain level of flexibility and strength and, and speed and all this kind of stuff. So you have to really pay attention to your body. So going back there, you know, it's, it's been a, a big pleasure. And I've noticed after every training session, the next morning, my lungs just, I have more lung capacity. And in fact, I got to the point where I could actually jog around the, the martial arts studio three times without, I did it last night without passing out, you know, <laughs> whereas with the first day I, I could just walk. That's all I could do was walk. Well, I, I think it's, I think it's important that you're talking about this because a lot of people who have, uh, who have suffered the SARS CoV-2 engineered bioweapon that communist China gave us, uh, and, and have recovered, it's not like you're over it when, when you're not no, on the and, edge and of death. Now, people with mild cases, it, it's just like the flu. You just get on with your life. It's not yeah, a big deal. Right, exactly. But if you have a severe case of it, it, it is physically devastating and talk about debilitation, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I got down to, I mean, I, I lost so much weight. Uh, my legs became pencil thin. Uh, my body fat dropped below 10% because my, my body was fighting this, this virus and it was just burning up so many calories in that process. And, you know, literally my doctors had me, told me to try and stay between seven and 9,000 calories a day. And I would still drop, you know, 30 pounds in the first week. It's amazing. You know, we don't even have time to so talk I, about I my... was hit hard. We don't have time to talk about my stupid issue now, which is... We, well, you know, your mastication is one thing. We can talk about it at a later time. Absolutely. And people are just <laughs> perking their ears up thinking about my mastication. And how and how would it oh, and, I love and, this show. and and how this mastication makes me exude out my nose? Yes, <laughs> we we will talk about this again. You are once again, as always, amazing, Doctor Huber. Thanks for your time tonight. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you, and you have an amazing show, so keep it up. All right, Thank thanks. You, the Nightcap on 700 WLW. The first victim was found in Pittsburgh in the summer of 2020. The last in Phoenix in the winter of 2022. Twelve random people from eight different states. The only thing they have in common, they were all killed with a lemon reamer. This is the most vicious reaming I've ever seen. Join us on the Hunt for the Citrus Killer podcast. There are a lot of shows to listen to these days. Make sure it's a show worth your time. I suggest The Scott Sloan Show. I bust my butt to give you the best show I can every day. Check out Sloney tomorrow morning at 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app. You ever feel like when you're at work, everything you say sounds like this because you're completely unstimulated and you don't care. But then, when you're talking ULW, Gary Jeff Walker, with us for the next few minutes, the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. He was senior advisor for research and statistics at the U.S. Department of Justice Office of Legal Policy. Worked on voter fraud issues. Boy, those are still popping up around the country. And he's one of my favorite Second Amendment supporters in the country. Dr. John Lott, good evening. How are you, John? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Now, when when you talk about the uh, the Crime Prevention Research Center, of course, your focus is making sure that the people who are in charge of the legal system and public safety and the justice system pay attention to crime and its effects on the population. And the latest Supreme Court nominee, uh, Kenshay Brown Jackson, you say, has a history of being soft on crime, and that's not exactly what we need on the bench at this time. Would you elaborate, please? Sure. Well, I was chief economist for the United States Sentencing Commission. She's been one of the commissioners on the Sentencing Commission. Okay. And, uh, you know, some of the discussions she had I found puzzling at best. So, uh, she, one of the discussions was she was trying to explain to people why somebody should be getting a lesser penalty now for child pornography than you used to because uh, she was saying uh, it's so much easier to get child pornography uh, because of the Internet than it used to be with the mail. And uh, think of what that would mean. So if I figure out a better way of robbing people's homes yeah a more effective way of doing it should i get a lower penalty than some criminal who's not as bright not able to figure out uh (laughs) as an efficient way the crime is still the crime the crime is still the crime 
Right. Well, the the way it's normally been done has been the penalty is related to the harm from the crime. Now, how hard or easy it is for the criminals to go on to commit the crime. And so, um, you know, uh, you look at child pornography, uh, the harm from it is that as you go and buy more pornography, uh, you're increasing the demand for children to sure. be involved in that type of activity. And I would imagine most people believe that that is the harm that's occurring. And so, you know, the problem that you face is, uh, you know, if I buy a hundred pictures, child pornography pictures over the internet, or if somebody buys a hundred through the mail, uh, you would think you're doing the same harm and damage in either case. And that you wouldn't give the person who bought a hundred over the internet, but that's that's what she wanted to argue. And uh, you know, the bizarre thing is, is um, uh, she's pretty much been well below the sentencing guidelines consistently across many types of crimes. Uh, she's never above it. And you know, one of the justifications that the Biden administration made to push back on on this is that well. Uh, apparently almost a dozen of Trump's uh, judges that were confirmed uh, had uh, gone below the the sentencing guidelines for child porn cases. Here's here's the difference, and that is <clears throat> judges all the time, you know, every well, once in a while a judge will either go below or above. They're going to differ from the sentencing guidelines because there was something very unusual about a case. But, you know, it's one thing for her to do it, let's say, seven times for child pornography cases. And even if you go and say, okay, well, there is almost a dozen. I'm not sure what that means, whether it's 11 or 10, but let's say it's 11. Uh, Trump uh, had 228 judges confirmed. Uh, if you count both the circuit and the district court judges that are there. And, uh, you know, to say less than 5% deviated uh, below the guidelines, maybe it was just one case each. Maybe they also were above the guidelines sometimes. She has never been above the guidelines. All of her deviations are below it. Right. And there's, and there's uh, you know, it's interesting to me, the irony is, is that Democrats have, at least in words, started reverse course on a lot of the crime type issues. Well, Joe, uh, Biden just, Joe, Joe Biden just rolled out a plan where he's going to spend $33 billion of our taxpayer dollars to reinforce police after the Democrats fought for the last four years to defund the police, and it's backfired on them and blown up in their faces, so now... Joe Biden's, but it, but is he spending the thirty three billion dollars on actual law enforcement, or is it social workers, or you know, is the money go to the going to go if it gets approved? Is it going to go to the right place to actually prevent crime? Yeah, well, you know, uh, he's already taking credit for giving money to the police. The problem is when you go and you look at the uh, uh, coronavirus relief bill. Uh, they don't mention police one time. They just say, we're going to go, or any type of law enforcement or prosecutions or anything else. Uh, they go and give the money to state and local governments. 
and they can go and use it. you joining us for this half hour is one of my favorite people to talk to, not just on the radio, but all the time. I mean, and, and you know, Krista 2.0, if you're listening, that does not include you. Of course, you're my favorite, especially female, to talk to since it's in the papers, and I have to say that. But uh, someone someone I enjoy talking to who I'm not obligated by marriage to say that is Karen Cataline, the host of Spouting Off and many other fantastic uh, talk radio venues and platforms and also a great writer uh, just on our current condition. She, she has her finger on the pulse, and uh, that's why she's washing her hands all the time. Karen, <laughs> Karen good evening. How are you? <laughs> Well, I don't know if I have ever heard such a terrific introduction as that. Well, Thank you know, you. I, I spent at least five seconds coming up with it. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, first and foremost, uh, what everybody has been talking about, which is an obvious distraction for much more important things to talk about, has been the, mm. the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock at the Oscars on <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> Which did not get seen by American consumers at the time if they were one of the three people in the country who were actually watching the broadcast because it, <laughs> they cut it out. Uh, CBS cut it out, obviously, or whoever. Was it ABC? or I, I'm not even sure who, who aired it because I didn't who watch. Who cares? Most of us weren't watching the Oscars no, anyway. No, but the rest of the world saw it, and then we all saw it, of course, on social media yesterday, the next day afterwards. Uh, some jokes made about Jada Pickett-Smith, Will Smith's wife, about her bald head and Alep. And it really wasn't that funny a joke. But I will tell you who had the best take on that whole controversy. And it happened uh, last night on the Gutfeld program on Fox News Channel. He's got that wonderful panel program. It's hilarious. And it happens to coincide with when I'm on the air, so I usually don't mention it. But I will tonight because one of, one of his panelist uh, one of his regular contributors is a man named tyrus who was the world w nwa television heavyweight wrestling champion in other words he's a professional wrestler he lies he's for a, a living cutie too. too and and he yeah is. he is he's a he cutie is. he's and got size 947 shoes okay go ahead Sorry. he's got like nine <laughs> he's got line 947 children with different women too but anyway oh i didn't know that here here's <laughs> Here was his comment on the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock controversy. He said, man, that's a sign of a really, really bad marital relationship. And and he pointed out he pointed out the tape where Will Smith initially laughs at Chris Rock's joke about G.I. Jane 2. And then you right. see the camera pan over to Jada Pickett Smith and she's rolling her eyes and not happy at all about the comment. So right. then they cut away to Chris Rock, and here comes Will Smith, who was initially laughing, but he's like, oh, my God, if I don't do something right now, really, I, I am going to be in so much deep doo-doo at home, I better go up and do something. Because, you know, the wife was like, you better defend my honor, boy. And, and so he gets up and he slaps Chris Rock. Everybody thought at first it might have been a fake or stage thing, but... But Tyrus was right. That's a sign of a bad relationship where you have to have to physically demonstrate your love or your defense of someone because 
Uh, otherwise, you're just going to be facing a mountain of crap the second you get home or the second you have a private moment. What do you think about that take on that particular? And well, why I think Wilson there's did it? so many. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think there's so many levels of doo-doo that Will Smith stepped in. It's actually rather delicious. But no, but it, but it, it was privileged. It was no. he was worried about the pile of doo doo he was going to step in at home with his wife because their relationship obviously <clears throat> is in the toilet. <laughs> well, not only not only did he in one swell boop slap, in one fell slap, yes, um, uh, humiliate himself on national and international television, and a hothead and a person who isn't anything of what his image supposedly is. Uh, but he also, on top of all that, showed himself to be a, uh, as my dear husband would call it, a, a pathetic, cringing little milk sop uh, <laughs> and being controlled by his wife. Yes. Uh, so not only is he uh, all thing of, of hypocrisy that these privileged celebrities, I don't care what color they are, uh, can do and say and, and feel the level of arrogance that they can march right up on national television and slug somebody. If they say <laughs> something they don't like, they've destroyed comedy. The comedians are furious, and rightfully so. And it's just indicative of the fact that the, the culture is having a mass psychosis. Oh, no, that, that's the whole thing with the woke cancel culture is that comedians have been afraid to be funny for the last couple yeah. of years. And, and no wonder, because if they're going to get canceled or they're going to be bullied, you know, uh, the lone standouts are people like Dave Chappelle, who's got uh, the FU money to just say, no, I don't care. Right. I'm going to I'm going right. to say what I think's on my mind. I'm going to say what's funny. And I don't care if it offends any particular group. This is what I think. And I'm. I'm taking the license to say it. And so many people yeah, yeah. so many people are inhibited now from actually yeah. exhibiting their first amendment freedom of speech because that's the whole thing and this is what's not being connected by the virtue signaling woke crowd and reality is that the whole point of the first amendment freedom of speech is that you can get away with offensive speech in this country. And the left are the ones that used to lecture us about that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. One other thing, if you have time, or I'll say it when you yeah. get back. No, that's okay. Um, can you imagine if Saturday Night Live were still funny, which it hasn't been for decades, right. they could do a whole skit about trying to do the Dean Martin roast in today's culture. Oh, Everybody gets slapped beautiful. every five seconds. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. You're right. The Dean Martin celebrity roast. How how would how would you think that Don Rickles was would fare if he was launching his comedy career in 2022? He'd be be beat up to within an inch of his life, and that's okay. You see, this is what the left says: language is violence, and violence is free speech. <laughs> no, it's the other way around. You get to say what you want. Act it out, and you should get arrested. Absolutely. More with Karen Cataline <laughs> when we return after the break. This is the nightcap, and we're taking a swipe at Will Smith. No, not really. Just... <laughs> 
Just the whole culture in general. It's crazy. All right, Karen, hang on. We'll be right back on 700 WLW. It is way back, and it is gone. Oh, baby, did he get that one. He leaps. It is gone. Back to back. Get the Reds and Athletics tomorrow at 3.35 on 700WLW and 700WLW's live stream on the iHeartRadio app. You ever feel like when you're at work, everything you say sounds like this because you're completely unstimulated and you don't care. But then, when you're talking to your friends about things you're truly interested in and passionate about, you sound like you're alive and loving every moment of it. Then maybe you should try podcasting with Spreaker from iHeart. It's the easiest way to podcast and get paid for it. Just head over to Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, and start your voyage. From, ugh. <laughs> Dino Lucrelli with Capital Tactics here. If you're looking to buy or sell a company, we have you covered. We'll run the valuation. Well, talking, uh, Karen brought up the other day, just in a conversation we were having not on the air, about the upcoming food shortage that Joe Biden mentioned, you know, which is kind of like a harbinger of, okay, well, at least they're telegraphing what's ahead. Uh, (laughs) And this is a a lot more important than the price of gas, although it's tied into the price of fuel, obviously, because every time it costs more to fill up those trucks or those cars, the transports, for getting the goods to us, they're going to have to pass along those increases to us in the price of food, but a real food shortage. And again, some people are tying this to what's happening in Ukraine, which, of course, before the Russian invasion had been a major breadbasket for Europe and that part of the world, which, of course, affects global grain and prices uh, on the on the global markets because all commodities are global now. It's that mutually assured economic destruction that we've tied ourselves into by being so reliant and uh, so counting on a globalist kind of view of society here in America. But uh, Bill Cunningham, uh, earlier today on 700 WLW, talking about this and what's ahead in the next few months, and you were warning about it, is this another manufactured crisis they are doing on purpose because... The United States always was the breadbasket of the world in in previous times. We always had an abundance of food, uh, grain, livestock to take care of not only us, but a lion's share of the world population. And uh, thanks to a number of different things, not just the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the destruction of their ability to grow crops, but... Because of government subsidies, paying farmers not to grow crops, which has been going on rampant in this country for 50, 60, 70 years as some kind of uh, manipulation of the economy, an exact manipulation of the economy. And uh, so what do you think? Uh, Are we headed for a serious food shortage crisis in this country, whether it be just prices or the lack of uh, wherewithal? In the uh, in the fall months ahead, Karen, what do you think? What do you forecast? Uh, well, once a government is um, a hostile to the people, there's no end to what they can do to them. 
instead of for them. We don't want the government to do for us. We want them out of our way. Yeah. But they refuse to get out of the way. So when you said, um, is it a manufactured crisis, you can manufacture a real crisis if you want to create a real crisis. So, yes, I think it is manufactured from the standpoint that they created it, and they've been wanting to create it. They have been wanting to create. See, this is the thing that is un, unpopular and people don't want to hear because the ramifications of it are so profound that people would rather think that the people in charge are merely incompetent failures. I wish that were true. But what we have going on in this country is what they want to have going on in this country, even down <clears throat> to the war in Ukraine. Now, when Biden and the whomevers who told him what to say uh, are, are warning that there will be a serious food shortage and it will all be the fault of the Ukrainian and the Russian war, we're not supposed to ask, well, gee, we've had Many wars in this country, other than World War II, Vietnam, Korea, we never had a food shortage. Now we're supposed to believe and blame Russia for a food shortage that they're going to manufacture. And I guess they believe, because a lot of people fall for this, fewer than before, that if they warn people that it's coming and it's going to be the fault of the Russians that that will absolve them of any responsibility, while with the other hand, they have been paying people not to produce. We, we talked about this months ago when we were told by some people they couldn't get a pig because the government, the feds, came in and said, you will stop all production of pork right now, and we'll pay you to do so. But if you do not plow under and stop producing will make you stop. Gee, I don't know. Uh, when a country goes socialist, uh, and God forbid, God forbid, tui, 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 it should never happen, and people start eating their dogs, does that sound familiar to anybody? Like it's happened before in Venezuela and other places. Right. Uh, to control the resources, do these people in, in, in charge not want to control the resources not want to control information, not want to control free speech, not want to control <laughs> gas and oil They want to control everything. The of your... They want to control everything. Exactly. <clears throat> they didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I think we'll let them keep the value of their money. I think we'll let them keep our uh, southern borders as having... Um, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Any kind of validity. Uh, sovereignty yeah. in America. In other words, it's like when you believe someone's been lying to you for years about something and say, oh, you know, they just woke up and decided to tell you the truth just for just because to make it interesting. No, that doesn't happen. So, yes, that's the scary part is that a lot of us are, feel like sitting ducks and they're going to do to us whatever they want to do to us. And uh, and that's how small numbers of people control the masses. I'm not saying it's inevitable, but I'm saying that if we're going to stand up against this kind of tyranny, we have to be willing to call it what it is. Absolutely. Uh, and and the simplest kind of analogy I can form on what on the back of what you just said, Karen, is that uh, Gracie Allen knew for years that George Burns was cheating on her, but she liked the flowers that he would bring home. <laughs> so, oh, that's a great, I mean, that's a terrible and sad story. Um, yeah, it is. When, when he cheated on her, I read uh, his biography, and mm -hmm. he did cheat on her, which is sad because he claimed to love her and adore her, but he still cheated. He's, he was male, and he bought her for coat, but he didn't tell her why. And when he she, came in, she I don't knew, though. Story. She knew. But she, she, exactly. she allowed she it to smart. happen. And that's why this is, this is why it's a just analogy is that yeah. those of us who know can't expect for it to for it to stop if we keep on accepting their little tokens that they throw us every once in a while, like they did during the scamdemic, as you mentioned, yes. during the shutdowns. Yes. They break yes. you they break your leg and then hand you a crutch. And that's yeah, and then they continued. break the other leg and they laugh at you while you can't walk anymore and tell you you did it to yourself. You shouldn't expect so much. No, I indeed. was going to just give you the the uh, punchline. Go ahead. Uh, George Burns walked in. He claims to have walked in overhearing Gracie talking to one of her friends. And she said, gee, I wish George would cheat again. I need a new fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, well, I, I wish Joe Biden would speak again. I need a new laugh. Uh, Karen, Karen Cataline, thank you. Check her out at Karen Cataline, K-A-T-A-L-I-N-E dot com, spouting off and so much more. And thank you for being a part of the nightcap again, dear. Always a pleasure. You're a blessing, Gary Jeff Walker. All right, thanks. Karen Cataline tonight on 700 WLW. More just ahead. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. A Hamilton County Sheriff's Department employee cited for OVI. This is the 1130 Report. I'm Rob Carpenter. Breaking now with 700's Matt Reese. The Hamilton County Sheriff Charmaine McGuffey says in a statement that she is aware that her civilian chief of staff was charged with OVI over the weekend. Not many details have been provided on what happened, but the sheriff says it did occur near Race Road. The chief of staff, Kevin Horn, was cited, and the case is being handled by Green Township Police. I'm Matt Reese, News Radio 700 WLW.
latest traffic and weather together. Some wet roads, but no major delays or accidents on the freeways and side streets. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. Clouds right into daybreak. We'll see a morning temperature of 49 at 7 a.m. Now, our Wednesday is going to be cloudy and windy and warm. I have a 77 as a high, but gusts hit 50 miles an hour in some spots in the afternoon and evening. Going into late night, we're talking about rain and storms developing and 52. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning, Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh, News Radio 700 WLW. Rain picking up a little down. Downtown, 43 degrees. The Cincinnati Zoo has issued a response to accusations from the group In Defense of Animals, saying IDA is unaccredited and has an agenda to shut down all elephant habitats. The zoo says its program is well respected and it exceeds the rigorous expectations and requirements of the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Its elephant team has more than 100 years of combined experience, plus the elephant yard was expanded in 2019, creating more enrichment opportunities and day and night outdoor access for the elephants. The zoo says it's on track to open the new elephant trek exhibit in 2024, which will be five times larger. I'm Jack Crumley, News Radio 700 WLW. Federal regulators authorizing another round of COVID-19 booster shots. U of L Health Infectious Disease Physician Dr. Mark Burns. In this particular case, it's going to go from the FDA approval to the CDC. And Dr. Walensky, who is head of the CDC, again, is not going to recommend it per se, but leave the decision up to the individuals and their physicians whether they should have a a fourth shot. The FDA proving that fourth dose of Pfizer or Moderna for people ages 50 and older. I'm Rob Carpenter. Your next update at midnight, of course, breaking news anytime. News Radio 700 WLW. 700 WLW Cincinnati. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. 700 WLW, an iHeartRadio station. Secure season tickets for the 2022 football season and make a deposit today. Visit GoBearCats.com slash tickets or call. He likes me and he's nice to me for reasons unbeknownst to me. He is a media star. He is an author. He is an editor. He is uh, the the husband, the loving husband of a long-suffering wife. And my friend Lowell Ponte joins us for this half hour on the Nightcap. Good evening, Lowell. But at least she's not bald. <laughs> that much I can say. Well, yes, Alan. She's kept her hair for 47 years of our being together. So. <laughs> well, the, the other option, of course, were her, was, would be for her to pull, a, pull her hair out by the roots dealing with you. That would, it wouldn't be a medical well, it, thing. Well, it, it grows back at least as fast as she can pull it out. <laughs> of course. But, but, yes, here we are at a historic crossroads. Really? In many ways symbolized by what we saw at the Academy Awards. The slap heard around the world, actor Will Smith, perhaps best remembered for his encountering an alien in Independence Day, punching him in the face and saying, Welcome to Earth. <laughs> But that was a closed fist, unlike the open slap hand, I challenge you to a duel yeah, kind I, of gesture. I thought that he was made, a real, real weak slap from what Will Smith could have provided to Chris Rock. Well, I don't think he wanted to create permanent damage, at least nothing that could be sued over. But 
Indeed, now we even have a New York State Assembly member uh, justifying Will Smith's act because Chris Rock's joke was violence. I knew bad things would come when the court justified a fighting words doctrine that some words are the equivalent of a blow. That's unbelievable. They can be responded to with violence. That is a very bad thing. Even in the Dark Ages, kings had court jesters who were the only people in the court allowed to tell, to speak truth to power there by making jokes aimed at the king. But we apparently are not allowed to have even that, as we've learned in this cancel culture of ours. Meanwhile, people were saying, oh, how could this be tolerated at the Academy Awards? My God, do you know how much violence Hollywood puts on the screen in a year? Uh, unbelievable I mean, it, it is an extruder of almost endless violence because that's how you attract at least half your movie audience. Certainly. Uh, for that matter, even what we call sports, if you think about it, if the police were standing by on the sidelines at every NFL game, <laughs> I mean, the NFL players are professionally hired to enact the kind of violence on each other it would be crimes if enacted on civilians. Indeed. Yeah, our, very, our very essence of, of entertainment is violent. The, the, and, of course, the human brain, we now know, <laughs> generally accepts uh, this kind of simulated violence as real violence, especially in children. Yeah. So we wonder why our kids... I mean, my God, Hollywood has an Alec Baldwin who shot and killed a woman a few months ago. Is he in jail? No. Boy, no. He's just out wandering around telling us how innocent and, and bewildered he is. Well, but his, his new podcast is starting, so that's the only news that I've heard about Alec Baldwin in the last week with the ads touting his brand new podcast. <laughs> but Alec Baldwin is only one of more than 200 uh, Hollywood and media-related actors and actresses who have called, for example, uh, for... Major violence against Donald Trump. Indeed. I mean, they believe in articulating direct violence, not just laughter, uh, and they're not penalized at all for it. In fact, they're off rewarded. Strangely, though, the latest Harvard Harris poll shows that Trump today would beat Joe Biden if an election were held now 47 to 41. He would beat Kamala Harris 49 to 38. Not surprising to me. So all those threats of violence have availed Hollywood relatively little, even though I want to applaud Fox's Jesse Waters for pointing out that at Hollywood, at the Academy Awards, the actors there, the, the leftists, at last acknowledged the fact of black-on-black -black violence. Indeed. Silence fills the corridors. Yeah. And, of course... Movies are a fading art form in a sense. They have long been surpassed in terms of dollars earned by video games and soon by the metaverse. Uh, the and, metaverse. And you know what? Culturally, Lowell, stop for just a second. Let's talk about that. Uh, Hollywood being surpassed uh, long, long ago by video games. How many video games are inherently violent? Almost all of them, right? Oh, many, many. Unless you're playing Mario Brothers or Frogger or something. And I, I don't think most people are playing Mario Brothers or Frogger anymore. Uh, 
And and this is why so many of us are great fans of The Matrix. I mean, the movie The Matrix is reality today. It has become that, yes. And in fact, one of the peculiar things, by the way, a person pushing the metaverse is Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, who also, as one of the left-wing billionaire oligarchs in the country, spent more than $400 million in the 2020 election rigging the vote, putting Democrats in charge of counting the ballots and so on, in states like Wisconsin. Not a terribly good thing to do, but there's that blur between the matrix and real reality. We have our own billionaire oligarch, George Soros, or the Democrats do, George Soros, major contributor, who has elected all of those left-wing DAs who find that the criminal is now the victim, and you are a bad person for even wanting the criminal to go to jail for more than five minutes. And, of course, there are the Michael Bloombergs, the Democrat gun snatchers, who are more than eager to disarm you utterly so that in a real world you can't defend yourself at all. All you can do is dream of being able to defend yourself someday in the unreality of the metaverse. I imagine the metaverse is going to be a lot like that famed Hollywood movie we both love called Idiocracy. Oh, you know what? Which I'm more, which I more than recommend to everyone out there. Everyone who has not seen Idiocracy needs to sit down, take a look, and see how scarily, how damn close we are to what transpires politically well, in this country. after this last weekend, I mean, Joe Biden goes to Europe for a photo op to try to change the topic from the hellacious mess he's made of things here at home. And while there, what does he do? Oh, he risks global war by telling a group of soldiers from America's 82nd Airborne, that they would soon be in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, he said that if Biden used banned chemical weapons, as no, he if, did if, with if, Russian if, nerve gas in Syria, if Putin, the U.S. would respond... If, yeah, yeah, if Putin used chemical weapons, the U.S. would respond in kind, which means, Joe, you're, you're greenlighting the use of illegal weapons by us, the good guys, supposedly. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, but that has never stopped him at all. Uh, Biden called for Putin's ouster. But despite there being video of all these, as well as his famous statement that sanctions never were intended to deter, <laughs> well, that was contradicted by previous statements by his own vice president, his own secretary of state, his own press secretary, Little, little Red Lion Hood. <laughs> by Pentagon, by his chief Pentagon spokesman and many others in the administration declaring that, of course, we're imposing sanctions with the intent of deterring. <laughs> why, do you, why do you use sanctions if not to deter? And so you're in a fantasy world, a metaverse of your own. Uh, but what's interesting is, have you seen what people do when they become truly addicted to the metaverse? They begin buying. I mean, the beauty of it is you can live in a squalid eight-by-eight-foot dump 
that costs you almost nothing to live, well, it costs you probably more than you can afford to live in, but you are actually living in your head in the fantasy world of the metaverse, which is being adopted wholesale now by Hollywood. They don't mention that too often. But the point being, in the metaverse, these people do spend what little money they have on fancier artistic homes, on fancy cars, all kinds of property that they can buy. And then Joe Biden comes home, and what was the first thing he said? Oh, he is going to impose a massive tax, not just on oil companies, by the way. That's helping us get more oil, you understand. He's going to collect billions and billions more from the oil companies. Mm -hmm. That'll make them produce. <coughs> but he is also imposing a tax on billionaires, apparently for being billionaires, though he's gimmicking it as uh, a tax on the uncreated, as it were, uh, income from things like stock. In other words, you own a share of stock or you own a fancy house or what have you. According to capitalist theory and practice, the only way you set a proper value for that is by having someone willing to buy it. Exactly. If no one is willing to buy it for a particular amount, then, that's then not... you don't really know what it's worth. But Biden now plans to tax your imputed income. Right. Not, uh, un, not your un, real income. Unrealized income is what they're calling it, yes. Unrealized income. Uh, and that, <laughs> that, I mean, this is what Democrats have been pushing for for a long time. And it's understandable that they hate billionaires and well-off people, because after all, who could challenge them but a Donald Trump? Who can maintain a free speech vehicle like the Murdochs of Australia in the form of Fox News or the Wall Street Journal well, or if, the New York in Lowell, Post? If you've, noticed, if you've noticed, Elon Musk has been on the other side of many issues that the Democrats and Joe Biden's administration are touting. And, and what is Elon Musk? He is a billionaire, and he has clout to shout them down but they don't they, they don't want, want there that. to be but they now want there to be no one who is rich enough to stand against the government certainly and represent independence that's obvious and so they're going to snuff out the billionaires so that if you want to survive in the world you are dependent on government or on government oligarchs like uh, george soros to fund you. If you are not funded through the government directly or indirectly, you will be destroyed. Why are they taking it easy on George Soros? He's a billionaire. Well, but he's a billionaire on their side. <laughs> there you go. You know, they're, they're, they're very good at deciding who will audit and who we won't audit. Indeed. For, for example, Jesse Jackson owes, by legend, a great deal of tax. Uh, God knows, who is this other? Oh, Shar Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton. He owns astronomical, he owes astronomical amounts of taxes, but he is never audited. How interesting. And so you can simply choose, if you're the government, who will be punished and who won't. And that's usually done by who speaks out against you or who is on your side, who is funding your activities. Oh, and of course, Hollywood, let's not forget, is ultimately a wholly owned subsidiary of communist China. So you wonder why their behavior is so much like China. So they're not going to be punished either.
because have, have you noticed how many Democrats, for example, say we only want the rich to pay their fair share? I get so sick of hearing that because they never, they never enumerate what their fair share is. They, they never, never define it, and no. they never tell you. They never tell you what the upper limit is. Is the upper limit ninety-five percent of your income? A hundred percent. You know, Sweden, when they were running amok a few years ago, they imposed a tax of 106 percent of your income. It wasn't enough to take it all. They also had to take whatever you had been able to save. <laughs> and that basically is what Biden is doing with this new wealth tax. By the way, when they originally passed the income tax, gang, but remember this for what you and your children are going to face. Uh, one congressman proposed, well, let's set a limit of 2 or 3% on this income tax. And he was laughed down by leftists who said progressives, who said, oh, you don't need to worry about that. Why, you'd have to make millions of dollars to have to pay this tax. A year later, the tax was 7%. Two years later, it was into the 20% range. Um, and you see, we're now facing hyperinflation from Joe Biden. Which is a tax. By the, by the way, he, does, he fails to tell people that inflation is a tax. Yep. A direct result of government policy calculated to enrich government. And therefore, a transfer of your private wealth into government hands, effectively. Uh, now, if inflation is a tax, think of these people who have just bought a fancy home in the metaverse, not in the real world, but yeah. in the metaverse, which IRS agent is going to declare that that property in the metaverse has a real value of $25 million? <laughs> because the government will have the power to do that. And remember, you are now paying the same tax that a millionaire was supposed to pay when the income tax was imposed. Only the rich were to pay that kind of tax. You're paying it right now because they didn't take into account inflation. One minute, Lowell. And so these are the challenges we face in this day and age. We've now seen how Hollywood and, and the metaverse are taking us over. And you've already seen what the intentions of the George Soros, the Michael Bloomberg, uh, the Zuckerberg, the and Bill Gates are. And they're to enslave you, basically. Indeed. It's very scary. It's very it's scarier than a Hollywood movie with lots of violence. It really is. <laughs> Lowell Ponte, as always, you're brilliant, and I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you, my friend. God bless you, Gary the Jeff. <laughs> we'll continue. The nightcap wraps in just a moment after this break here on 700 WLW. Hello, my friend. Bill Cunningham here with a question for you. What if Abraham Lincoln only read half of the Gettysburg Address? Or what if Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stopped his speech after saying, I have a dream? We'd be robbed of the great impact of these great Americans' thoughts. The same can happen when you miss part of the Bill Cunningham show. Luckily, you can hear every single word I utter. Here's how. If you miss any part of my show, catch the podcast of my show on the iHeartRadio app. And God bless America. You ever feel like when you're at work, everything you say...
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.